Grogu. Anybody here yet? No. Oh, you could say things. You could speak. You actually... The dead speak. Remember that intro to Star Wars Episode Nine? The dead speak. How stupid was that? I do. Yeah, that was dumb. You ever see a movie worse than Star Wars Episode Nine? No. What? What's that? You have Star Wars Episode Two? I I beg to differ, Grogu. I totally beg to differ. Hey, Mando. How you doing over there? That little baby. Hey, hey everybody out there, you're watching the Aristotle Full Throttle program and there's gonna be a Full Throttle giveaway for PS5. If you hang out, sign up, subscribe. Gotta get to 10,000 subscribers first. Once we get to 10,000 subscribers, you can get that, maybe, maybe it'll be you. Maybe it'll be you, Rich. Rich bad. Maybe it'll be you, David. Horndon, but you gotta subscribe, gotta hang out, hang out with us every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, hey Mando, you ever, uh, you ever, uh, see a man eat his own head, what are you, Jim Carrey, hey David Horndon, welcome, today it's crazy, we're gonna talk about the Mando, that finale, did you see that finale? What a crazy finale that was, wasn't it? You weren't in it. No. Someone else was. Anybody else know who was? <laughs> who made an appearance? It's crazy. It's out of this. It's out of this world. It's crazy. Out of control. Totally. Totally nuts. I know who was in it. Don't give it away. I know who's in it because I'm the galaxy's greatest detective. Yeah, but don't give it away. We, you know, it was state of secret. David Harden, you nailed it. But don't. Uh, yeah, it was a secret for over a year. It was a secret for a year. People didn't hear about it. They didn't hear about. It. They were totally surprised. David, did you know that that was going to happen? Over there on Instagram, just waiting for people to show up here on Aristotle Full Throttle because we're going to talk. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian today. It's Monday. Happy Monday. It's Christmas week. Hey, Nasir Daniels. Welcome. Welcome to the Aristotle Full Throttle Show. We're going to have some fun today. Yeah, we are. We sure are. Why do I sound like I'm in a Mando helmet? Never mind that now. Never mind any inconsistencies in this show. Any inconsistencies can be accounted for. And done away with. Just don't, just don't point him out. Well, that's crazy. You know, whatever happens on this show is is canon. <laughs> it's canon fodder. No, I mean like it's canon. Like anything that ever happens once, that's like forever. Once is forever. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. He's talking about Star Wars. Maybe Star Wars is gonna. Oh, God. Hold on. Maybe Star Wars will get rid of some of their canon like they got rid of a lot of the canon. They got rid of the books. Yeah, the books were kind of lame anyway. What are you talking about? Yeah, they were kind of lame. The books were incredible. And the cartoons? Nobody watches the cartoons. 
Hey, I watch the cartoons. And they're at the animated series, okay? It's an animated series. Yeah, watch your tongue, Mando. Yeah, you tell him, Ahsoka Tano. Listen, Saki, Saki Tuna. Hello, Wesley Blackie. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Hey, Asagi Taco. I mean, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, it's an animated series. See that, Jen? Jen knows what she's talking about. Eh, it's animated. It's not a cartoon. No, I don't know. If you draw it, if it's made of cartoons, it's a cartoon. <laughs> it's not made of cartoons, Mando. Alright. You guys want to hear me play the mandolin? No! 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 <laughs> Alright. Fine. Hello, everybody! <laughs> I'm like hunched over the microphone. Welcome to Aristotle Full Throttle. I'm Aristotle Full Throttle, your host. And as you can see, my face is receding into the, the Chia. I'm going to make a Chia pet. I'm going to brand a Chia pet, an Aristotle Full Throttle Chia pet that you can have on your own. You can put it on your desk and you just put the Chia all over the seeds everywhere, except for the eyebrows. See, the eyebrows are very thin. But you can make a Chia pet of your own. I'm sure there one, there's one that exists. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited to talk about The Mandalorian because, boy, was that an exciting episode. My heart was pounding. My heart was racing. I was wondering what the heck was going on that last ten minutes of the episode. It was titled The Rescue. Remember? It was titled The Rescue. But who was getting rescued? Now, let me... If you're just tuning in, guys, there's going to be some heavy spoilers because not only... Because we just assumed Grogu, baby Grogu, who was captured by Moff Gideon, was on the ship... There's so many things to cover this episode on Aristotle Full Throttle because it was a big moment for Star Wars. Big moment for nerds like us, throttlers like us. But first, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Like the video. Share and subscribe. Like the video. Bush, when I say like the video, don't just like think in your heart, oh, what a video. Like actually physically press the like button. <laughs> we want to grow this channel because I've got stuff in store for you guys for this week. There just might be an Aristotle Full Throttle holiday special brewing. Just like the coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the coffee is one of the stars of the show, I think. I can't forget to put the coffee in the show. <laughs> Let me write that down. Coffee. Okay. Because coffee's important. If you want to have a... No, it's not. It's, it's an interesting thing, coffee, because... It goes in your mouth, and that's what makes it interesting. No, it's got caffeine. Caffeine is a... It makes your, your neurons fire quicker, but it also makes you tired faster. It keeps you, gets you awake, but it's kind of like... It's, it's gummy berry juice. It is the real-life equivalent to gummy berry juice. You could drink gummy berry juice, and it gives you super strength for like three and a half minutes. And you could lift things over your head, but you better throw it because it'll drop down on you because you'll lose that strength. You know what I'm saying? Some of you know what I'm saying. If you watch every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, you know how silly it gets over here. Am I right, baby? Grogu? So what I was saying... Grogu wants a... Grogu wants a recharge for Christmas. Uh, what I was saying about The Rescue, the title of the episode, The Mandalorian, is called The Rescue, and you wonder, who, who the baby's gonna get rescued then? And you're like, no, 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 everyone 
literally everyone got rescued. And you, we'll talk about how and why and when and where and who and what and how and and all of the, those words, how that happened. How in the world did that happen? Well, we're going to talk about it, guys. First of all, raise your hand if you saw The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 8, or Chapter 16, as it were. He's raising his hand. Did you see that? He saw it. You can't... You. That's not fair. You were in it. You were in it. And guys, by the way, the uh, the voice channel on the AFT is open. So if you want to put your sound effects in there, i got to sign into the chat here. Uh, hang on, I'm just doing that. I'm just signing in to the chat. I don't know what my password is. I forgot it. <laughs> Hooray, we've made it. Uh, for Coke and alcohol. Um, Coke and alcohol. Well, I, I prefer caffeine. I prefer caffeine. Hey, everybody. So, if you're here for the PS5 giveaway, here's how you qualify. Let me just tell you. First of all, you gotta hang out. <laughs> Subscribe. Once we get to 10,000 subscribers, and the subscriber number has actually started to go in the positive direction on YouTube <laughs> for the first time in a while, which is really exciting because it, the word is getting out about Aristotle Full Throttle. Maybe perhaps the word is getting out that we're giving away a PS5. <sighs> Either way, I'm glad you're here. Because we geek out and we have fun. You know, we're not like we're not like Chris Stuckman who's like this. Chris Stuckman. Let's look at all the major reviewers on the internet, guys. First of all, I have a gripe. This show is all of that and personality. Plus sketches. Plus musical performance. Plus gaming plus video uploads and interviews it's all of those things but better <laughs> well it's all of those things and more one day much better hopefully that's what we're aiming for here at aristotle full throttle john mulaney is rehab for coke and alcohol oh john mulaney is in rehab well that that makes total sense because he's always like this he's like ah interesting well you know, when you when people have a dependency on substances, it is not it is not something to uh it's not something to judge. It's definitely not something to judge. We should actually feel sorry for them. We should actually feel good for them for seeking therapy and help. That is my opinion. This show is all my opinion, obviously. All opinions are mine. Or even yours. So yeah, we should congratulate John Mulaney for seeking help and getting that help. Hopefully, John Mulaney gets well soon. Because it's no joke. It's no joke to have a... have. It's an illness. People may not think it's an illness, but if you think of alcoholism as... If you think of drug addiction, if you think of those as illnesses, because they are, because something wrong with your brain at some point. The brain is like, I want the more of the sting. I want more of that, and I won't do anything to get that. So there's like a behavioral pattern that happens that, uh, so you, you know, you don't want to succumb to that. So the problem is people don't think of it as a disease so that we judge people who have those problems. But ultimately you wouldn't judge someone for having like diabetes, would you? You wouldn't be like jerk. You're a jerk for getting diabetes or diet or, uh, what, what is a diabetes? 
All right. Now, without further ado. Hey, everybody. This is the Carl Weathers Predator Weathers Report featuring the Action Jackson AccuPredator Weather Radar Forecast and Cardi B. Now, I just heard about John Mulaney. John Mulaney is a funny guy. He had specials on Netflix that were hilarious. Although, I can only watch about one sketch at a time, one joke at a time, one bit at a time. Because, you know, John Mulaney is super intense. He's very, he's an intense comedian, very funny, but he talks very loud and fast and there's a lot of things he's got to say. So sometimes I got to take it piecemeal, bit by bit. Anyway, what's in the weather, Cardi B? Well, looks like it's good. We're going to have a sunny and clear. We're going to have a sunny and clear Christmas. No, ain't gonna be no snow for us in L.A. Well, hi, there you have it. That's been the Carl Weathers Predator Weathers Report featuring the Action Jackson Accurate Predator Weathers Radar Forecast and Cardi B. Also, I was in the movie Chance of Showers. Hey, Escape from Post. Escape from Post, you made it just in time because we're going to talk about The Mandalorian and we were just kind of, we were just kind of messing around for the first t- ten or so minutes waiting for everybody to get here for the discussion. All right, who else? First, let's start with the first part of the show. Who remembers even the first part of the show? <laughs> they devised a plan. I like when people hatch plans. Uh, what was it? Cara Dune, uh, Fennec, Boba Fett, uh, Bo-Katan, her, her friend, the other Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, they all hatched a plan to break out Grogu from Moff Gideon's ship, right? And the plan was pretty neat. It was actually, they stole an Imperial cruiser, and Bo-Katan piloted the Imperial cruiser to crash it onto the ship, or at least land it onto the ship, by saying that she was being attacked by a hostile, who was Boba Fett posing as a hostile. So Boba Fett said, I'll put on a good show, pretended to shoot at the Imperial cruiser, and then they sicked X, uh, sorry TIE fighters on Slave One, Boba Fett's ship. So that Bo-Katan could actually land the Imperial cruiser gently, or not, on Moff Gideon's ship. What's that? Bo-Katan. Uh, is it Bo-Katan or is it Bo-Katan? <laughs> or is it Chris-Katan? I don't know. Bo-Katan should have been more specific with her instructions to Mando. Like, don't touch the saber, dude. Well, I did watch it again, and she said... Save Moff Gideon for me. He's mine. I wonder, because we learned later in the episode, this is kind of jumping around the episode a little bit, but Moff Gideon had the Darksaber. Bo-Katan wanted to get the Darksaber because her motivation is to rule Mandalore with the Darksaber. And, you, and we learned in the episode, you've got to win it in battle. So that's why she told uh, Mandalorian, save him for me, because I'm going to win it in battle. But here's the thing. I don't think that... Uh, that I don't think that Mandalorian Mando Din Djarin had much of an opportunity to uh, to escape that situation because he wanted to rescue the kid and there was Moff Gideon guarding the kid with the baby thumb cuffs. He could have used those thumb cuffs on Moff Gideon's thumbs. I thought that's what I thought anyway. Oh, I don't know if it's Bo-Katan. I didn't know either way, Jen Lefius. I've never read the name in text. <laughs> Is it Bo Derek? Is it Cheryl? Um, I think it's Cheryl. I gotta stop leaning forward. I gotta like sit up straight. 
feel like come on me and you it's the reason i lean forward is because the, the mic just goes like that um <clears throat> clearing my throat so we learned that bokatan had to beat moff gideon in order to get the dark saber but she didn't do it she didn't she wasn't specific she wasn't explicit with her instructions to mandalorian to dinjarin so Din Djarin was just like, look, I'm going to save the kid. I don't care what it takes. I ran into this guy. We fought. I won. And he accidentally... By the way, before we get to the, the part that we all want to talk about <laughs> of this episode, it, it's, it's Bo Karen. <laughs> She's like, I want to talk to the manager. I would like the Darksaber. Listen, he fought Moff Gideon and won the Darksaber, and that was for me. I would like to talk to your manager. Um, <laughs> uh, Admiral. Jeez. What's his name? Admiral. What's his name? Kevin. Ad, what was. Why can't I remember names, guys? It's because I don't drink enough coffee. Arr, let me figure this out first. All right. If this show was anything, it's a lot of things that mess up. That's what we like about it. That's kind of the joy of the show, actually. I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the live problems that we have to, to fix. Because life is about problem solving. Um, Admiral Thrawn, that's it. You know, it's hilarious because, yeah. Yeah, Bo, Bo Karen was like, I would like to talk to your manager, Admiral Thrawn. So, kind of unbeknownst to Mando, unbeknownst to Din Djarin, he is now the ruler of Mandalore. By default. Also, guess what, guys? I think his new cruise ship, his new spaceship, is that Imperial ship. What do you think about that? He just acquired, like, a bigger upgrade for a ship. He's got, like, the camper version. He's got, like, the, the double-wide version of a ship now. I don't know how they're going to play that out, or maybe he steals one of the smaller ships that are aboard. But now he's got an Imperial starship, which is pretty neat. Um, so I'm looking forward to all kinds of Mishigas the next season because I imagine that Bo-Katan and Din Djarin are going to be at odds. They're going to have to fight each other at some point. Guys, do you think this is the end of The Mandalorian? Do you think there is a new chapter? Because next year we know that's going to be the Book of Boba Fett. So the Book of Boba Fett, it, what is that? What even is that? Are we do, did they do these first two seasons in chapters and then end that book and now there's a new book to the Mandalorian so there's like this sort of shift in focus to a new Mandalorian maybe the Mandalorian is like more like Game of Thrones that way where we're now season three it's going to shift the focus from one family to another family to from one Mando to another Mando and just like one season you didn't even have um, Bran Stark in a couple of seasons the the raven so i'm wondering you know maybe we'll come back to grogu when he's a little bit older when he's grown a goo or two so now let's get to the part where uh so din Djarin is fighting a dark trooper now i thought that was a pretty intense fight because he used his best car spear to kill the dark trooper right neato Nido Mosquito. But we saw how difficult it was. The Dark Trooper was smashing his Beskar. <laughs> He's grown goo. The Dark Trooper was smashing 
Din Djarin's helmet into the wall over and over again. And, like, you could just see it was just almost impossible for him to beat this one dark trooper. And, of course, there was an entire room full of, like, 20 more dark troopers. Maybe more. Maybe 30. Maybe 31. Maybe 32. Maybe 33.5. Maybe 34. I could do this forever. So... Sorry, I meant Bo-Katan. Oops. <laughs> oh, Magnificent One. Well, you did start a good bit. I'm Bo-Karen. I, I don't like that you're now the ruler of Mandalore. Can I talk to your manager? Can I talk to your Mandalorian, man- Mandalorian manager? <laughs> Who's your Mandalorian manager? Well, I actually loved the idea that Din Djarin beat the one Dark Trooper with the Beskar spear. He kind of like dismantled him, got him right in the neck, popped his head off. Dark Troopers look like Darth Vader too, by the way. I don't think that's a mistake. They got that kind of sort of Darth Vader design. It's like an echo of the fear that Darth Vader has instilled in the galaxy. And we'll get to that, actually, because Moff Gideon was terrified when he saw somebody on on the monitor, which I thought was great. So now we get to the point... Where uh, Din Djarin actually opens the airlock and after he defeats the one Dark Trooper and shoots all of the Dark Troopers into space, which I thought was so hilarious. I was laughing. I thought that was great. I was like clapping because I'm like, yeah, these Dark Troopers kind of seem scary. I think it was just so perfectly played. They seemed kind of scary, but they also kind of seemed kind of like dopey it's like i don't know what they're going to do with these they kept building them up and building them up and you're like all right well these guys are going to be really tough but then i liked the idea that possibly din Djarin just ejected all 40 of them into space and there was just they were done with them or 20 or however many or 34.5 into space and we were just like that's i thought it was hilarious did you guys like that part i thought it was funny um i was like yeah get rid of them but obviously later on they came back because you know they were like we Yo, we dark troopers, we got jetpacks, we got jet feet, we could shoot ourselves through space, we could travel through space. And uh, so they landed back aboard the ship, and you were like, oh, no, these guys just won't go away, will they? And once we're on the deck, Moff Gideon is in their custody. By the way, Moff Gideon saw a gun on the floor from one of the dead people on the deck, covered it with his cape, because he's like, I've got a plan. One of the best lines in the episode is Moff Gideon said, assume that I know everything. And it was pretty neat, because we watched this guy for the last season or so, and we were like, this guy kind of knows everything that's going on. He actually knows what's happening. We thought for a second he might let the baby Grogu go. But of course, villains don't do that. That led to their fight. When they were on the deck, I thought it was pretty cool. It was such an intense moment now, guys. How exciting was this for you guys watching this? We have a watch party every Friday for The Mandalorian for the last several weeks. And we were watching it all together going, what is happening? Because the Dark Troopers were smashing the door. The door was shut. The blast doors for uh, the deck. And there was no way to get through them so except for brute force. The Dark Troopers are using brute force. They're punching the wall. It's denting. And now we've got all of our heroes on the deck with Moff Gideon in their custody with nowhere to go. This was a hugely intense moment for everybody. For myself included. How about you, Grogu? You were there. 
What did you? What was your memory of the situation? Yeah, he was he was suppressed. Then we heard that the on the uh, that there was an indicator that there was an incoming ship. We saw that it was an X-wing. Now let's go through this moment. <laughs> let's go through this part of the show together because it was pretty intense. Here comes the X-wing. Now we're like. All right, well, we've seen X-Wings in the show before. Maybe it's someone with an X-Wing. I know that if people are watching the cartoons, they're like, oh, it's it's better, it's Ezra. It's Ezra. And I'm like, no, this got to be better than Ezra. Ah. <laughs> better than Ezra. You know, it's a guy, it's a rock group. Better than Ezra. Ah, ah, ah. It's a rock group. I'm the classic rock biter. Ah, better than Ezra. Ah, yeah, so it was better than Ezra. <laughs> so now the X-Wing's landing, and we're like, okay, could be, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't occur, I think, to most people, because we didn't want it, we didn't want to be faked out like that. We were like, don't play us like this, Star Wars. Don't be playing me like this right now. And then he gets off. The figure gets off the ship. And they're wielding a lightsaber. So little baby Grogu is like. Ah, somebody's here. Somebody. I can tell someone's here. And we're like. Uh oh. Little baby Grogu is using the force. Feels somebody coming onto the ship. We see on the black and white monitor. They're wielding a lightsaber. We can't tell what color the lightsaber is. It's white. Now there's two things in this season. That were brilliantly planted throughout the show. When, uh, I think it was on the Mon Calamari planet, when, when Din Djarin was getting repairs to his ship with, like, ropes and pulleys and stuff, a very sailor version repair to his ship, there was, uh, there was a figure, there was a person, she was wearing a black cloak, and she went and disappeared into the shadows. Now, I'm pr- I think that was one of the Mandalorians, though, right? I'm not sure. But she was wearing a cloak. She looked at Din Djarin and then receded into the shadows. So she's wearing a black cloak, and you're like, okay, well, that that could be somebody. So who's that going to be? I don't know. And an episode or two later, we see Ahsoka Tano. She's got lightsabers. She's got white lightsabers. She's fighting with two of them. While she was fighting the magistrate on that planet to win the Beskar spear from her, while she was fighting her, she lost one of her lightsabers. One of them went into the water. Do you guys remember that detail? They were fighting. She has two lightsabers. Boom, one gets knocked off into the pond, into the carp, into the, uh, the what are they called? Not carp, but yeah, carp, I guess. The pond. So now we're like, okay. So we saw one figure wearing a cloak. Ahsoka Tano... Also wears a cloak, not the same color, but she has a white lightsaber. We can't tell the color. She did lose one in the battle. Koi, that's it. Koi Pond. And uh, I'm like, just don't play us like this Star Wars. <laughs> My heart started pounding because we're watching this figure dice up dark troopers left and right like it's nothing. With one lightsaber on the black and white monitor, baby Grogu was touching the monitor. You see, it looks like a white lightsaber. One lightsaber, we're like, maybe it's the Sokotano. 
How did she get an X-Wing, though? I don't know. How did she get off that planet? We didn't see her since a few episodes ago. Maybe this is her return because it's the final episode of the season. But this season was so brilliantly planned out. This whole arc for, for Grogu has been so brilliantly planned out. It delivered in the next shot for me. When they show the the green lightsaber. <clears throat> and as soon as we I saw the green lightsaber, I was like, oh, it's Luke. And then there was a shot of a black gloved hand holding the green lightsaber in the very next uh, scene. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's Luke. And, it, and I screamed it. I didn't scream it. I shouted it. Screaming is more like what uh, six-year-old girls do. But I only do that. Listen, I screamed it like a six-year-old girl. I screamed, it's Luke! <laughs> there was nobody here. We were having the watch party, and we were chatting in the chat room. But I screamed in my apartment. If you were walking past my apartment, you would just hear just, it's Luke! It's a trap! It's a carp. And uh, <laughs> I was amazed. I was like... So my heart was pounding. I'm like, this has got to... This is Luke Skywalker. There's no chance. Yes. Seal. So yeah, everybody screamed. Everybody was feeling this moment the same way, I think. Everybody was just like, no. This cannot be who I think it is. And the beauty of this moment, the Star Warsian moment, was that it was like, yes, it's going to be who you think it is. <laughs> and it was like, I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe the feeling that I'm getting watching this. This is a feeling that I have not gotten, to be honest, from the sequel trilogy. It was like, oh my God, this is really happening. Maybe at the end of The Force Awakens when we first saw Luke uh, at the top of the mountain on Akchu. When I first saw the X-Wing, I, I out loud kept repeating, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> to your statement, no, 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 no. I say yes. That's exactly the right feeling to have in that moment. And it was so well done. Peyton Reed directed this episode. And boy, oh boy, was I like, are you kidding me? I watched like a half an hour of reactions on uh, the internet yesterday <laughs> of people watching that for the first time. And I'm like kicking myself for not having us all be on video um, respectively while watching the, f the season finale. And, and recording it, because just to get all of our reactions to that moment would have been such a, a great uh, a thing. But I'm glad we shared it on the Discord. We got to share that moment together here on Aristotle Full Throttle on the Discord. If you want access to the Discord, by the way, just subscribe on Twitch or pledge at least $1 a month on Patreon. And then I'll give you access to the Discord. What did you think of the CG on Luke Skywalker's face? Well, I'll get to that moment in a second, but... How amazing was it, that moment of suspense when Luke just gets on the elevator and the little hexagons are going, and we, it's like the universal language of suspense. There's a bunch of dark troopers outside the door waiting for the elevator to arrive. As soon as the door opens, it's just quick work, <laughs> quick work of these incredibly difficult to beat dark troopers. We saw how hard it was to beat one, and Luke Skywalker cut through them like they were butter. They did not even... One got a hand on them. <laughs> that was as far as they got. They got a hand on them, and he said, nope. They tried to shoot him. He kept blocking every shot. He'd be excellent at baseball. Just come to Earth, Luke. We're going to put you on the Mets. You're going to be on the Mets right now. 
course, Wesley Plotkey, because you are a stalwart, you, you get access to the Discord. You get access to the Discord where we hang out and goof around and uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and let me remind you guys, there's a video coming pretty soon within the next two days. Uh, hopefully I get it finished in time, but there's going to be, it's going to be silly. It's going to be a silly little video that I made for everybody who watches the show. Cause I've been doing live streams. I've been doing this channel nearly five years. <laughs> you couldn't tell, but it keeps changing right now. It's been live streams during COVID since April or May. I don't remember April or May, which was about a week or a week or, t or 10 months ago. I can't tell. There's no. I don't know. Is a week or ten months ago? Um, yes, Wesley Plotkey. Let's see. Let's get that code to you. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm feeling pretty generous today, so I will drop the code uh, to everybody who's watching right now. If you are subscribed, <laughs> let's see. Or Jen. Well, I said it, so I'm going to do it. Here we go. Here's the invite. They expire in an hour. So remember, use this now or forever hold your invite piece. That is the invite to the Discord. Anybody who's watching right now, you get it. Wesley Plotkey, thank you for reminding me. Merry Christmas to you. Guys, on Instagram, there is a fundraiser for St. Jude's. Yeah, I got to figure out a better way. There's got to be like a DM situation where I can DM the... Uh, I know that right now on YouTube, um, you can whisper it in Twitch interface. Ah, that is, a good, that is a good way to do it. But you know what? I was feeling generous. That was, that was a gift from Wesley Plotkey to y'all. <laughs> uh, like my father before me, yes. Uh, Seal, that is so true. I gotta say that the hallway scenes from Star Wars, uh, that's the takeaway. That is the big takeaway, isn't it? And there's a really cool uh, video that I watched. It's about five or six seconds of video of Darth Vader in the hallway scene in Rogue One, right above the video of Luke Skywalker in the hallway scene. And guys, how incredibly freaking cool is it to see... A full-powered Luke. This is the thing that people were complaining about. We didn't get this in the sequel trilogy. And it's like, all right, well, that's fine. But we got to see Luke Skywalker. The Luke Skywalker that has been in our headcanon. That has been in our brain since ever since we saw Return of the Jedi. Now, Moff Gideon, when he saw the, the monitor. Now, Moff Gideon earlier said, assume that I know everything. When he saw the monitor of there's a Jedi beating the crap out of all his dark troopers. Who he was just bragging about. He said, oh, these dark troopers are going to come in this room and everybody's going to be dead except for me and the child. Sorry, guys. Tough break. I'm just going to sit here and wait for this to happen. And then he's like, uh-oh. Oh, no. My dudes are going to get murdered straight, straight ganked by, <laughs> by this Jedi who, uh-oh, you could see on his face, he's like, this is Luke Skywalker. And the last time we saw Luke Skywalker in this timeline was him defeating the Empire, the, 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 the Emperor and Darth Vader, in whatever way, configuration you want. Luke did, Luke was going to die if were not for his father, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, saving him by killing the Emperor. 
But Luke, for all intents and purposes, as far as everyone is concerned, defeated Darth Vader and the Emperor single-handedly. Now here he comes down the hallway chopping up these dark troopers, and you're like, okay. <laughs> the best was the look on his face where he's like, ah. And then he tried to kill the child. He tried to kill Bo-Katan. He tried to kill himself. None of that happened on account of the Beskar and on account of Din Djarin being quick. Um, <clears throat> did Ben kill Grogu? I will answer that question. Uh, seal bargain. I don't think Ben killed Grogu. You know why? I think Grogu could have learned from Luke, become a Jedi, and then exited before Ben, you know, within the next 20 years, let's say. Because Ben, what, did he leave the, um, the Academy or like 20, 25? That's when he kind of burnt it down to the ground. But I think that in my head canon, I believe that uh, that Grogu survived. Grogu didn't wasn't even in the when uh, Kylo Ren burnt down the Jedi Academy. So now Luke Skywalker is out the deck. He's standing at the door. Din Djarin says, "Let him in," <laughs> and they're like, "What are you nuts? We just saw this guy destroy twenty dark troopers like it was nothing." And he's like, "Let him in. Let him in." They open the door, and in that moment, guys, what did you think was going to happen when he was going to pull? When he pulled up his hood, who did you think it was going to be? I thought for a second it was going to be Sebastian Stan, which would have been cool. I would have been happy with that. Would you guys would have been happy with Sebastian Stan? But what they did was what they've been doing is using the legacy characters, the actual actors. They used Mark Hamill's actual likeness. They used Mark Hamill's actual likeness, which I wasn't mad at for story purposes, for obviously nostalgia reasons. And um, <clears throat> Laszlo, like Laszlo Hollyfeld, actually worked Wesley. I'll have you know that I've worked with John Grise, who played Laszlo Hollyfeld. He also played Uncle Rico. Rico. He is an excellent actor. <laughs> he's really good. Um, and he's a cool guy. The lift stuff, yeah. Actually, Seal over there on Instagram, I watched earlier a deep fake version, which was only slightly better, only slightly better, but it's at a lower resolution. So Disney Plus streams in 4K, so they want to make sure that it's like the highest resolution. And at that resolution, you're going to start to notice a lot of wonkiness going on with that deep fake stuff with the with the legacy character. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Listen, you're drunk. You need to stop. This guy drinks too much, this little baby. Um, Grogu, we might have to get rid of you. No. Said it, nobody. Now, I thought the CG stuff was, like, passable. It was okay. There was weird... It's just so weird right now. It's still in the Uncanny Valley. We're still not there yet, guys. We're still not there yet with the figuring out how to make it look convincing. But there was a nice little sort of acting moment, and I believe that Mark Hamill was on set to do a lot of the uh, cues and a lot of the stuff, and he is, there you are using his voice. Um, which I'm excited to see in the behind the scenes, which will be on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. So guys, maybe this week, 
uh, we could talk about that because I will be watching that on Christmas Day along with Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm just going to be watching like streaming service stuff on Christmas Day because a lot of stuff is coming out that day. Maybe we'll have a Wonder Woman watch party. That might be fun. Um, Ange would be into that. Ange likes DC and I like DC as well. That's what I said. I thought that uh, the CG stuff was okay. I dealt with it. I think there's actually interesting deep fake stuff on where they redo Grand Moff Tarkin from uh, Rogue One and it looks better. So I almost think they should leave that stuff to the fans to figure out how to do. But so much of the stuff that we're watching right now is kind of incredible. Can you can you just imagine the world we're living in right now where we're able to see Luke Skywalker in some version, in some form, be fully Luke Skywalker? And we're like, yeah, this is what we always wanted to see. Um Part of me, I'm kind of torn. Part of me, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Why do they got to go back to using the old, these old legacy characters? But in this version, in this timeline, in this series, it made perfect sense for Luke Skywalker to show up. Because they've been building up to it. It's the, From episode one, they were like, there's this little baby, look like Yoda. <laughs> he needs to get back to his people. He needs to be uh, brought back to the Jedi. We knew that from day one. So that's why it was so incredibly powerful and emotional. And who didn't cry when uh, Baby Grogu went off with Luke Skywalker? Here's the genius of that moment, guys. Here's the part where I was like, this is the most incredible thing that they did for for Star Wars in a long time. Because how incredible is it that that arc is completed... And we're okay with it. The only reason we're okay with it. The only reason we would ever be okay with Baby Yoda Grogu leaving (laughs) is if Luke Skywalker, his MF and self, came to take Baby Yoda away. (laughs) Like, that was the only possible person to come and take care of Grogu. The only possible person. Think about it. You know, if Ahsoka Tano came, we'd be like, all right, cool. If Ezra came, no, but it was better than Ezra. It was Luke Skywalker. And that was that was the moment where they were like, hey, everybody, it's going to be okay. And we were like, you know what? It is going to be okay. I am sad that Din is letting his, his son go to summer camp with Luke Skywalker for an indefinite period. But it made perfect sense, and that was such an emotional moment. It was the end of the movie E.T. <laughs> all over again. It literally was straight up the movie E.T., which was fine, because it fit the moment. And it's, and it's in that... It brought, it brought me back to that era in filmmaking, 19, early 1980s. It brought me back to that feeling. The music was incredible. Gorenson, the composer for The Mandalorian, he's also a popular musician, because he works with uh, Childish Gambino. He also works with Ryan Coogler on all of Ryan Coogler's films. He is an incredible musician. A lot of people have been upset because the music didn't sound like John Williams. But I'm like, guess what? This guy is putting his own stamp on Star Wars. It's a new generation of Star Wars. It is new. He's bringing new styles of music. He brought that dubstep, Dark Trooper dubstep, which was okay. I thought it was pretty cool. It made them seem more terrifying. Um... So, Seal says that they love Mark Hamill, but Sebastian Stan would be great 
um, as a st- stand-in for him. I think so too. I think I think there will be a time where he will be recast. Luke Skywalker will be recast. Princess Leia will be re- recast. Maybe by Millie Bobby Brown. I was looking at Millie Bobby Brown and pictures of a young Carrie Fisher. There's like comparisons all over the internet. And you're like, okay, well, that seems like it's going to happen. So I, I bet you within the next five years, Millie Bobby Brown will be playing a young Princess Leia. And that's a story that I'd like to see. Because you got to remember, I don't know if technically the whole dyad in the Force thing is a legit situation, but let's say that Luke and Leia are a dyad of the Force. That means that Leia is just as powerful as Luke. We've never really seen her uh, flex as much. I mean, I guess ultimately she's the one who ultimately brings ultimately power to ultimately the Force in the end of Episode Nine by sacrificing herself to save her son. Which I'm down with. That's the only thing about Episode Nine I like. I like the idea that they think it's going to be Anakin in the first three movies, and he falls to the dark side. And then in the middle three movies, they think it's going to be Luke, but it turns out it was Anakin. <laughs> but then, let's say you've got to... Let's say, but ultimately, ultimately, it was Princess Leia at the end of the sequel trilogy. I kind of like the symmetry of that. I just think it was so handled so incredibly poorly in episode nine. Baby Yoda is the third best best part of the show. What's the best? The first two best parts of the show, Wesley Plotkey. Oh yeah. Now, how touching was that moment when Din Djarin took his helmet off? Because we we could see his face, we could see the emotion. It was so powerful. The music was swelling, and he was like, "What if he doesn't want to go?" And he's like, "Well, he's asking permission." And we were like, yeah, you know what, Luke? If he's going to go with anybody, it's going to be with you. And I'm okay with that. Before the episode, I was seriously wondering how the show could continue resolve Grogu. Now, that's an interesting point you bring up, Seal. Because I think the show is called The Mandalorian. And I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they play on that. I heard this just this morning because I was wondering if the next book, The Book of Boba Fett, is the next season of The Mandalorian, but apparently it's not. Apparently The Book of Boba Fett is its own series, and the next season of The Mandalorian is going to be a proper season of The Mandalorian. According to Jon Favreau this morning on Good Morning America, which I'm cool with, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, simultaneous series going on the air. And this is what I think is going to happen. I think once The Mando starts next fall, next October or so, it's going to be around the clock, around the calendar, Star Wars. We're going to watch eight weeks of Mando. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to get the Book of Boba Fett. And then we're going to watch eight weeks of that. And then right after that's going to be Ahsoka Tano. So we're going to have lots of watch parties one year from now. <laughs> now, guys, remember to subscribe, like, and share these videos. And if you want to win that PS5, if you want to be... In the running to win the PS5, you have to subscribe and comment along and and join the discussion. Because I will look at the people who are participants of the show. I will look and see who's been longtime supporters. And we're going to take those top 10, those top 20 people, and we will draw from a hat. We'll draw from a hat. And there will be runner-up prizes. so. So it don't hurt. It don't hurt to subscribe. 
like, and share. And turn on those notifications. Because we do this five days a week, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we have shirts, too. You can get a shirt. Get a shirt, sweatshirt, coffee mug. Coffee is part of the show. i got to remember to put the coffee. Jen, remind me to put the coffee in the... Just so many... Literally everything <laughs> is in this video. Um, second best part is Dr. Baby Yoda Fauci. Best part is you. Oh, what the... <laughs> hey... Wesley Plotkia, thank you for remembering that I am an integral part of this show. Yeah, Aristotle Full Throttle, he's all right, you know. But me, it's really me. And this guy over here, Grogu, I've seen seen better. Listen, I've got my my vaccination. Remember to get your vaccination if you're part of a vulnerable group. You might qualify soon to get a vaccination for COVID. So please, everyone, wash your hands, stay six feet away, wear a mask, and watch Aristotle Full Throttle five days a week for your companion, your COVID companion. I'm out of focus. Yeah, you're out of focus. I'm Batman. The the color temperature is all off because it was very green for a minute. Let me hold up something. That is pure white. I'm gonna ref- I'm gonna fix the color temperature. Hold on. This is how you fix color temperature when it's on auto white balance. There. <laughs> there we go. Um. So, man, oh man, was that an exciting moment for Star Wars? I was freaking out. Do yourself a favor if you want to relive that moment with other nerds like us. Go on the internet, watch some people reacting because they had the same progression of disbelief like this is not happening is it this is this really happening (laughs) now i commend dave filoni john favreau even kevin feige who's been brought into the fold to kind of manage and oversee the marvelization of the star wars universe because now i think we're going to get a lot of post-credit scenes that indicate other things that are going on in the uh, universe i see you laszlo thumbs up um Welcome to the Discord. Thank you for joining the discussion. We have lots of geeky uh, channels on there and fun stuff. And if you have a suggestion for a new channel that you want to talk about, new ideas, new things you want to talk about, just let us know and we'll talk about it. Hey, Ismail. You all are the best. I, I really do... This is my favorite part of the day, hanging out with you guys, talking about stuff that we all like to talk about and, and geek out about. Um, had a nice weekend. How, how was your weekend? I watched that episode of The Mandalorian like three more times because I was just like, this is my new Avengers Endgame. <laughs> this is, I watched the last 45 minutes of Avengers Endgame um, pretty regularly up until maybe like six months ago. But I, I would watch that pretty <laughs> probably like once every other day for maybe a year (laughs) just because it just pays off it really does pay off in a great way and the fact that we've seen Din Djarin and Grogu go on all of these adventures together for 16 episodes and we went on this with we watched their bond form and grow goo and we watched them grow together goo as a family goo and we all went along with them on this journey and it was powerful to see that journey end but it was also satisfying to see that journey end it was satisfying especially because the only 
the way they painted this season, they painted us into this moment of like the only possible thing that could happen. A few weeks ago on this very show, someone asked me, who do you think the Jedi is that Grogu is calling out to while he's sitting on that think rock, while he's meditating on the stone, Stonehenge? And I said, I don't know, the obvious answer is Luke. But I kind of threw that away because I was like, they're not going to do that. (laughs) But they went there. And I think we all were happy they did. I can't think of anybody who's mad at it. Did that bug you, Eric the Master? Thank you. Uh, Thanks for the seal, Bihai. Someone might need to explain what that is to me. Um... Man, oh man, that was some, that was some episode, man. I, I'm alive 500 million years and I've never seen anything like that. Except for like, like 300 million years ago, there was a great TV show, but it wasn't a TV show, it was just, uh, well actually 65 million years ago, there was a meteorite that destroyed like the planet. That was pretty spectacular. I was there for that. That was cool. Except like 90% of all of the life on the planet Earth died. But, you know, it was pretty dramatic. But it came back. It came back, you know, came back strong. That's... Oh, look at that, guys. Jen the Fierce, producer of the Aristotle Full Throttle Show, and friend of mine, she's giving out uh, emotes. And that's, that is because it is the season of giving. It is the holiday season. I hope that you all are being safe. I hope that you all are being, uh, you know, you know. I'd like to say with your family, <laughs> but this year is going to be a little bit different. You might have to stay home. You might have to be like me and be with your Grogu and your Christmas tree and your blanket. Um, Shalvi, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the Irish. My favorite thing about Irish is it's a beautiful sounding language. It's but it's a very difficult to read language if you don't know what the words mean. <laughs> I was um it's a true story. Um I knew an Irish lady a few years ago. Well, she was of Irish descent, but she was English, and uh she would say that I want my children to have all Irish names like and then she named the names and then spelled them for me and I was like, "I don't what I can't get that word from the spelling that you just showed me because I don't speak Irish, but I'm actually a quarter Irish, so welcome. Sinn Féin. <laughs> Is that a thing? Sorry, I might have froze up there on Instagram because we're on low battery, but we're on low battery time. Uh, but Irish is a beautiful sounding language. It really is. Um, I'm from New York originally. I'm from Long Island, and there are lots of people of Irish descent and Italian descent. You just skip the first three vowels. <laughs> um, well, the only Irish I know is it's five o'clock. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's pejorative or not. I'm not, I'm not making fun of the Irish language. I love, I love it. Um, I've been to Ireland. I've been to Dublin. It's lovely. It reminds me of actually a lot of places on Long Island and in New York, New York City, because again, the Irish and the Italian folks and uh, and all kinds of people from all over the world, uh, 
basically create the backbone of New York City. So it's a great, great culture, great political culture in, in Ireland, actually. I was so impressed with the political involvement and the, the practice of democracy. Guys, if you want to see an actual incredible democracy in work, go to Ireland because the people are involved in their government there. They care about the government there. Here in the United States, we're like, and that's being generous. <laughs> and that's just me. <laughs> yeah, the United States is kind of, we're, we're going to figure it out, I hope. Well, there's a new hope. And he just got vaccinated today. Well, guys, I always have fun with you guys. Um, how excited were you about that? We've got a Mandalorian discussion channel on Aristotle Full Throttle. I might even just change that channel's name to Star Wars because right, <laughs> right now the Mandalorian has ended. So we might just change the name of that channel to Star Wars because there's so much Star Wars to talk about. And there's going to be... Can't let the English take it again. No. The Irish are all about their independence and their democracy, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I've never quite experienced... I don't know if I've experienced such a, a beautiful democracy in work. Go check it out, guys. It's pretty neat. Go to Dublin if you want. Uh, I went to the Guinness factory, actually. That was fun. But that's like a very touristy thing to do. And then, and then I went to Dagobah. Um, uh-oh. Sorry, Grogu. I'm gonna have to re-, re I'm gonna have to get you a car seat. I'm st- uh, listen, Grogu. It's me and you. From here on out. You're gonna have to... Luke Skywalker's coming. Don't worry. He's gonna save you. <laughs> um... Honestly, the most satisfying end to a story arc since I don't know when. Yes! Exactly. I think that's where we should leave it. Right on what you just said right there, um, Shelby. Because... Didn't get that from Star Wars Episode Nine. Didn't get it from any of the uh, side spinoff movies. Kind of, sort of felt pretty hopeful at the end of... um, Gotta be honest with you, I felt pretty hopeful at the end of The Force Awakens when we first saw Luke there. I was like, okay, cool. There's Luke, we found him. That was the whole point of the movie. He was the MacGuffin. They gotta find Luke. He was the whole point. Second movie, I really liked too, because Luke Skywalker did the most badass thing you could possibly do as a Jedi, which was not fight. He's not gonna fight his nephew, he's not gonna fight his patricidal nephew. He says, look, I'm not here to fight you, bro. I'm not even here. (laughs) I thought that was cool. He's like, I am sacrificing myself, my life, for the sake and the future of the resistance, the rebellion. I I still think, I know a lot of people don't like Episode 8, but I think Episode 8 is a great movie. People can fight me all day on that. I will fight them gladly. But as a movie, in and of, I won't fight them. I will kindly uh, discuss (laughs) with them why I like it. And I think that Luke Skywalker walking through blast doors that are on fire 
to face down the First Order with a laser sword, just as he says he's not going to do in the beginning of the movie. I thought that that was one of the best images we've ever gotten in Star Wars. And the end of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, when Luke Skywalker comes in the room, goes through the ship, just messing stuff up, just wrecking everything in his path. The music, the orchestration, the way he walks through and the music rises and we see that he is just cutting these dark troopers down. Now they removed the humanity from the dark troopers. They were specific to mention that they were only droids so we don't feel too bad at Luke Skywalker's chopping them down. But they seemed pretty tough. But nothing. Nothing. Not even, uh, not even like a fly <laughs> around Luke Skywalker. Just... He was on a mission to get this baby to where he belongs. And, uh... Star Wars is good again. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. If they can deliver on a level like that again... I don't know. I think it's like a once-in-a-while type of satisfaction to get something like that. But they really do have to build into it. They let us. They made us wait for it. We waited for two seasons. We waited for 16 episodes for that moment, and it paid off because it didn't just... It wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap. It was earned. And that's the difference. So much of the nostalgia in episode 9 is just cheap nostalgia just thrown at your eyeballs. Just this, 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 remember this, remember that, remember this. As my friend David calls them, member berries. <laughs> There's a bunch of member berries in episode 9. But this appearance of Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian season 2, episode 8, is the most earned moment in Star Wars in a long time. And I'm glad that we all got to share that together on the Discord. I'm glad that I get to talk about it with you every day here on Aristotle Full Throttle. Join me again tomorrow. Join me five days a week at 5 p.m. I'm Aristotle Full Throttle. You bro with the fro. I'll see you tomorrow. Subscribe, like, share. Do those things. And uh, subscribe, like, share, but whatever you do, don't cut your hair. I'm going to wait like 10 more seconds. Because when I wait, it doesn't get cut off prematurely. <laughs> so some of you might not even see this part. Okay, bye.